new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. One of our favorite guests of all time on the Bradfoe Show Hall of Fame, on the on the on the Ring of Honor, David Ross, now currently the straw that stirs a drink in the Chicago Cubs front office, <laughs> and uh, we, you may know him from such educational films as Red Sox, former Red Sox catcher, world champion, Chicago Cub. Uh, just, just the guy who, who wins, wins titles, but now is retired. And, and the reason David, that I wanted to have you on, I always wanted to have you on, first of all, welcome. And, and, uh, you, anytime you need a place to vent, you know, you can come over here. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, Rob. It was good to hear from you. And I always enjoyed being on, on your show and, and, and talking to you. It's nice to uh, catch up with old friends. I hadn't talked to you in a little while, so this is, is going to be fun for me. Yeah, and first, I don't think we've talked since you uh, since you had uh, people carry you off a field uh, on their shoulders. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, uh, as, uh, as I as I tweeted out, also, I just I'm assuming uh, we don't have to to clarify. You don't have to confirm or deny that you're wearing your at Bradford T-shirt underneath your suit when meeting the president the other day. <laughs> No doubt, I had it on. Yeah, I, I've cut the sleeves. I've cut the sleeves because I've been working out a little harder, so I didn't fit in those sleeves. But you know, it was on underneath it. Yeah, you can't hide the tries. Um, <laughs> and so, so Dave, so the one, reason I wanted to have you on is because when I was thinking about the Super Bowl that's coming up and trying to relate it to baseball as a baseball centric podcast, and and I, I listen. I love railing on the Atlanta fans. I'm going to get that off the uh, the slate right away. I, I because my experiences with the Atlanta fans has been I've been down to the Georgia Dome for some Falcons games. I went to the Hawks Celtics playoff game last year. Obviously, been to some games where the Red Sox played the Braves. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Do, I'm just a Boston guy who is going to these games once in a while, and 
and it's easy for me to say there this is not the fan base that I want it to be. This is not the level of fan base that the Boston fan base is. And I'm not saying that you have to rail on the fan base, but I just want to get the perspective because you as a you are a guy who grew up in northern Florida, who played with, with the Braves in Atlanta, obviously have familiarity in Boston with the fan base here. So the first question I want to ask Dave is what is the biggest difference in terms of the two fan bases? Well, I think that I think that when you grow up in a city like Atlanta, I think one Atlanta has a lot more transplants than Boston does. Boston, uh, the one thing I know about uh, Boston is that they are, um, you know, tried and true to their team and, and their city. Uh, I'll never forget when I had my concussion in Boston. I went to to catch a game uh, in the in. Uh, a bar right across the street. I was going to grab something to eat and watch uh, the Red Sox uh, play. We were on the West Coast, and uh, the Bruins were in the playoffs. <laughs> I couldn't get one of a billion TVs turned to the Red Sox game. They were all on the Bruins game. <laughs> so it taught me really fast that uh, Boston fans were were uh, going to stick to their teams, and it actually turned me. I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, in a college town. I love college sports. It's always been my favorite thing to watch, but uh, – my time in Boston turned me into a Patriot fan just because of um, how the fan base followed and cheered on their teams. It really is it's, uh, it's contagious. So when you talk about transplants in Atlanta, just to give the sort of dynamic, you uh, grew up near Florida State, so and, and our fans down there, particularly football fans, because that's what we're talking about because of the Super Bowl that's coming up, but is it more about the college football than it is about the Falcons, even in, as you get closer to Atlanta? There's such a mix there, I would say. Uh, yeah, the more you get close to Atlanta and the southeast is more college football. But uh, I know the, the fans in Atlanta love the Falcons. I just It's one of those things, um, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll give up on their team if they're not doing well. But, yeah, if, they, if they're winning, they're, they're all about it. So um, I wouldn't say quite bandwagon, but that probably wouldn't be the negative term I would use, but I definitely would say, you know, I don't think the Georgia Dome is going to be packed out uh, at the end of the year if they're not headed to the playoffs where uh, some of these cities I've been in and, and the winning traditions, um, they, they, you know, they tend to they tend to, to cheer them on no matter what. So did you go to Braves games growing up or did you just not even bother? No, I definitely went to, I went to probably like three or four. Uh, you know, I wasn't, when I was growing up, I didn't, Love watching it on TV, but my dad got me a couple of trips. Um, we ended up going to the a Braves game and in the World Series. My dad got tickets uh, on a five hour drive for me, so that was really cool. That was one of my first big league games I ever went to, and and the Tampa Bay Rays weren't around when I was growing up, so uh, the Braves were it and everything. And actually, watched on TV um, the little bit that I watched on TV uh, too was on with the Dale Murphys and the Terry Pendletons and the Glenn Hubbards and uh, you know Maddox, all those guys. So. Um, it was a it was a, a big following uh, in the southeast, and, and I think all of the south were, were the Braves. Uh, everybody was on uh, TBS. What's the first Falcons game you went to? I've never been to a Falcons game. See, you but there. but you know what? You should you shouldn't feel bad about this because there's a lot of people there <laughs> around that area that hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that city's got to be excited. I don't think it's been a while since they've been to the Super Bowl, so uh, it's old hat I think for for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and and that crew. Um, so I think it'll be. Uh, excitement for for the Atlanta fans as, as much as you know. I, I really believe that championships and being on the biggest stage and the brightest stage uh, can transform a city and, and their fans into 
uh, a little more diehard, a little more expectations that come out. So constant disappointment. Um, I feel like these the, the fans can can finally have uh, have a resume to stand on. Uh, when you start heading to to multiple uh, Super Bowls, well, so it, not to, so so we don't harp totally on the negative. You said you went to the Braves playoff game, and that was the height of of like we're seeing now with Atlanta fans. They are into it. They're packing the stadium. They did the tomahawk chop and everything. That was that that time, right? Right. Okay. Right. So so you can offer uh, uh, some insight in terms of when things are really good, like they are now with the Falcons, when things are going really really good. And there is disappointment. Is it, oh, oh well, okay, we're just moving on. What is it like to be in Atlanta during this time when they are paying attention and they, they are claiming their team as their own and they are actually going to the games? What's it like being in Atlanta then? It's great. It's great. It really is. It's, it's uh, you know, when you have the support of the city, uh, I think that speaks volumes uh, as a player uh, of what, how the how the city is electric, the vibe you feel, even when you go uh, maybe to the grocery store to grab a grab a sandwich or or to Starbucks into a coffee shop, uh, you feel the energy from the fans, and you and and they start to recognize you, tell you good luck. All those things uh, help in the of just the excitement that you feel and uh, and taking your game to the next level uh, when you feel like the whole city is behind you. You know, you. Obviously, we're with the Cubs and one with the Cubs, and you talk about the Red Sox and, and learning that fan base with Boston. I'm not going to ask you to say which is better or which is more intense, or whatever. But give me give me something that, that's different about I'm not and I'm not I'm, I'm I'm pushing the Atlanta fan base aside because I don't expect them to be in this conversation. But certainly, the Chicago fan base and the Red Sox fan base are a unique, unique group. Give me something that's even subtly different about the two. Well, I get that. Ask that question a lot. Which is better? You got to tell us which is better. And no, no, I didn't ask which is better. I don't. No, want... I know, I know, I know, I know. You didn't, but I, 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 I used to explain it like this. It's just so different. Um, I learned about winning and what winning is like from a fan base that had expectations and a and a and a, um, uh, a well versed in the knowledge of baseball fan base, which is the Boston uh, Red Sox fan. Uh, and the winning organization and being around winning players who have done it before that showed me the way to win. Now, when I left there and being a, being a part of a championship, I saw what that was like and, and how it takes the fans to take your game to the next level when they bring that energy and that expectation of greatness. When I came here to Chicago, that wasn't the case. They, were, they came to, to have a couple beers and watch a good show. Um, and as that changed with the winning, so did the fans. The fans became more into the game, asking more questions, more expectations, um, a little bit more anxiety. Uh, all those things came along with winning. So I think that is going to be the transformation you're going to see here in Chicago in the future of more expectations, more, a little more, um, you know, rather than we haven't done before, more of, okay, we expect greatness every time out there. And so that was, that's what I would say. I learned about winning and what expectations are in, in Boston and, and tried to bring those ways over here to Chicago. And it seemed to be a very easy transition with the, the talent that, that the Chicago Cubs have. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that you, you mentioned when the Cubs weren't going what good, and, and when you first got there, and and this is where I think there is some similarities in terms of everywhere else but Boston, when the team isn't going good, then it's oh well, it's it's nice to go to the game and have a few beers and and do whatever. 
in Boston, you were here for a little bit when the team wasn't going good. It's it's not like that, right? It, that's I guess. No. Am I right? Am I right in that? That's maybe the biggest difference when you talk about Boston and in Atlanta, Chicago. When any moment, St. Louis, any other place, it's not going good. It's like, oh well, it's you know, it's 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 fun to go to the game. No, it wasn't like that when you were in Boston. And you weren't going good. No doubt, no doubt. It is a is a constant expectation of your best, and and I feel like that's how it should be. I don't know why it would ever not be that. I because of because the season may be uh, coming to an end, or you may not have the greatest year. Um, you, you sometimes in in some cities the fan base gives up. Uh, and they move on to the next thing. That's not the case in Boston. These these people spent their hard-earned money. They love the atmosphere at Fenway. They're going for an experience. Whether you're ten games out or ten games up, they're going for a great experience. And and to go see guys like David Ortiz, Dustin Petrolia, uh, the the dynamic players, Mookie Betts that you guys have. Um, you know, so when when you step out on the field in a Boston Red Sox uniform, uh, your the level of expectations are very very high. And uh, that that follows when it either comes winning or losing. You know, you said that you have sort of been become immersed in becoming a Patriots fan and being around the Patriots a little bit when you were up here. Could you see any similarities in terms of what they do and and what the Red Sox did or what the the Cubs did this past season in the last couple of years? Uh, because everyone's trying to grab that magic formula that has allowed the the Bill Belichick and his Patriots to do something that nobody has done in professional sports, which is this continued run of just winning, 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 winning while turning over rosters. Is there anything that you can say, they do this and we did this as well, and that is why there is some success? Yeah, I think, looking, I, I see a consistency in uh, the group as a whole, from the top-down ownership to coaching staff. You don't see a whole lot of turnover in the coaching staff. You see a consistent message uh, week in and week out about what the expectations are uh, and how whether whether it's Bill talking about you know moving on to the next week that's over turning the page doing the best you can to move forward it's a consistent message that never changes and that's what great organizations do and the ones that are consistent when you have um, you know continuity from ownership all the way down to players and and everybody pulling on the, you know so to speak pulling on the same end of the rope. Um, that's what winning is, and that's how things stay consistent. You know, along those lines, I think I get the impression that the Red Sox would love to be like the Patriots in the sense of we can control the message that gets out there. And I think that this goes not only the Red Sox, a lot of organizations throughout professional sports would love to do this. And you see the Bill Belichick press conferences. You see the lack of anything interesting coming out of that locker room. And – is my is my assertion that that can't happen, and it's not only because of the control you have in football, but because you can only do that if you have the cachet and the street cred of winning. So I, I don't know if if how you feel this if if what the Patriots do in that respect of controlling the message and not letting anything leak out and all of that could ever be done in a baseball clubhouse. Well, I think I think that you know, Rob, I think you point on a a good point, but I also think it uh, comes with the human beings uh, that you have in that clubhouse, uh, especially as far as baseball goes. Uh, when the message is consistent and uh, it's about winning and it's about um, being unselfish and it's about team first and the organizations and the players that put teams first, 
and that's where that comes in. And you talk about what the team is doing and it doesn't become about, you know, your night out the night before or what you did on your day off or uh, what your batting average is or what your, um, you know, OPS is and, and this and that. It's about what the group is doing and how we're going to get better if we're losing or how we're going to continue the same message when we're winning. And when that, con- when that message is consistent up and down the group, then there's really a whole not a, there's not a whole lot of drama that can come up uh, in whether it's in the media or in the clubhouse or whatever. It, it, it starts with unselfishness and putting the group first. Well, isn't it also wouldn't it also be more challenging for baseball because there's just way too much more there's way too much time and too much access. There is a lot of time and access, but I don't you know again I think you know, you guys can only write what we give you. And, mm. and, and if that if that message is negative or selfish, then you're going to write a negative or selfish message. If we can if we can find the positive in the moments and find uh, even a positive in the negatives or a way to continue to work and get better, then I think that is the message that you'll write about. So it has to do with with uh, with what message is coming out of that clubhouse? Yeah, the reason I ask is because I, I it's, it has always baffled me. I've covered obviously the majority of baseball is what I've covered, but I've also gone down the Patriots and I've gone through the entire offensive lines and I'm going to get them to crack. I'm going to get them to crack, and you hear the same exact <laughs> thing, and 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 then you get into baseball, and yeah, there's a lot more time, there's a lot more access, but I think there's also a diversion of personalities too, and and where people are coming from. Um, I don't know. It's I, I just I think I just now, and you have and yep. you have I feel like you have more. I mean, it's 162. Yes. Uh, you know, like you said, the, the access in so many days and every day as a family and and when you have that much, that much, uh, that many days, and and that you're doing the same thing, guys are going to have good and bad days. I mm-hmm. think you know, like you said, the access uh, is a, is a lot different in football. So they're able to have kind of the same message of what the message is going to be that week. Uh, and what they're looking forward to, whereas ours is more of the the same thing and the ups and downs. You guys are following us through basically being a a, a reality TV show yeah, yeah. Uh, of of what personalities uh, are in there. Do you do you ever look at the Belichick press conferences and 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 that whole thing and just say, wow, you know, it, that is something that we just don't see. Obviously, you have the polar opposite of Joe Madden, who is always entertaining. Um, you know, but I think that in a lot of respects, I, I felt like there's been times where the Red Sox have tried to implement this. Of like, oh, Belichick really has this down. I don't think you can do it. I don't think, and I'm just talking about the coach. The and I, we're, you, we we had talked about the players in the clubhouse, but when you watch as a professional athlete and you watch Bill Belichick get up at that podium and say what absolutely nothing, are you like, oh man, <laughs> that is I? You don't see that anywhere. No, you don't. You know, I will. I think the only one, other one, is Popovich with the with the Spurs, who kind of gives you, you know, he's just, uh, you know, blunt and to the point. But uh, Bill doesn't seem to give. Just, I mean, he's just the same thing over and over again. Even in the most turmoil situations, that is, you know, and then and for me, one of the toughest media markets that you have to deal with, as far as so many different outlets and people coming from different angles and different stories they're trying to write, and it just stays. So so bland and 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 plain that um, there's really a whole, not a whole lot to write. So no, I don't see you don't see a whole lot uh, of that around. Most most guys are explaining the game a lot more. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, before I let you go, I, I do want to since I haven't talked to you since you uh, buddied up to the president of the White House and and did all, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Was it, I, I 
Was there any time throughout this storybook run that you had, was there any time at all which even an inkling of maybe I'll come back one more year? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you, when, when I had success, uh, I had a bet with Schwarber and our traveling secretary that if I hit 10 home runs, I was going to come back <laughs> and, and all this stuff. and ended up hitting 10 uh, plus two in the playoffs. So I was like, man, you know, my skill set was, was I felt like was kind of diminishing and it was about time for me to leave. And I, I had a decent year in my role. And, um, you know, there's always that. I love this game so much. But uh, there's also so, so many other factors that I was leaving the game when, when it comes to family uh, and, and the things I want to do with my kids and, and be at home for. Uh, and, and just being the guy that don't don't leave the party too late, you know, and rather leave early and, and be not be hung over the next day than, than leave the game with a bad taste in your mouth. So um, it's kind of weird, I, all that was going on and, and winning the World Series. And then uh, I think, as you alluded to earlier, when your teammates pick you up and carry you off the field, I think that's game, set, match right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You it. can come back. Listen, Roger Clemens no, did it like no. five times. So <laughs> I tell everybody they can't afford me anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was, the, what was the latest? What was the latest that you, that you actually had that inkling of uh, maybe I'll – I'll um, give it another whirl. I, you know what? It, it was just it, it was just one of those things in the back of your head when, when you're having success. You know, probably sometime in September where uh, we're having fun. It's such a great young team that's going to be good for a long time. And my role really, you know, was a really easy role on the team. We carried the uh, the two years I've been here, they've carried three catchers, so it takes a lot of pressure off me. And um, you know, just catching once a week, pretty much. And then if somebody goes down, then I have a little bit more of a role, but. Um, it's a very, very simple role. Joe is so easy on, if you want to take BP, take BP. If you don't, don't, you know. And so uh, I was able to take care of my body. They took care of my body and, and the way they used me. Um, so there's so many great factors that it was just such a, a perfect role for a 39-year-old backup catcher that uh, I was really spoiled and, and seeing how good this team was. Uh, so the competitiveness in me wanted, you know, part of me wanted to come back with just be uh, with this team if we didn't win the World Series. But we did, and I can ride off into the sunset. So if you if you don't win that last game, you think there's a chance you might come back? I don't know. I would. I don't think so. No. I, think, I mean, hopefully I give it a good run. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think you know. I, I I hit a home run off Andrew Miller, one of the greatest pitchers. Yeah. In the, you know, postseason, and uh, we did win. And I don't want to think about what what if we did. So well, yeah. I'm too busy still riding this high. Um, the, uh, the, and this just popped into my head, so I apologize for prolonging, uh, the interview when I said it was over. You're fine. Um, the, 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 the Jason Hayward meeting is, I I don't even know if that's fair to classify. I'm just going off of what I read and, and you were there, the, the meeting during the rain delay in the, in the weight room in game seven. How was that? Did that have the same vibe as the David Ortiz Everyone exactly gather. What I was going to say. Yeah, get everyone exactly gather around in the dugout. Sort of this reset. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Just getting back to a refocus on who we are. Like when everybody starts scattering and you get scatterbrained, and and the focus is is maybe on other things. Just David Ortiz. I, I I've I've compared it to that a bunch. And what David did there, it wasn't any groundbreaking. You know, um, just this this these things from out of the blue. It was hey. Let's be us. This take advantage of this opportunity. These don't come around. Let's be ourselves. Get back to doing what we do. The exact exact same message that Jason uh, was conveying is is uh, you know be be yourself. Let's be us. Take care of one another. Play for one another. 
uh, we're brothers, you know, same kind of thing David David did in, in Boston, which when it was going on, that's the exact same thing I popped in my head. I'm sitting there going, wow, that's David Ortiz speaking at a lot younger age and in his first uh, World Series and, and, and Jason, and he's such a mature um, team first guy that it was the perfect guy to, to say it. When uh, so, what are you going to do? What are you What are you doing? And I know you you can say well, I really don't know. I'm just feeling. I mean, do you have any idea what your new role with the Cubs is going to be? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit around and critique your podcast. That's for, good. For well, <laughs> it's, that's an easy one. Can you just say it sucks? <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna uh, spend some time with the Cubs and learn about you know what Theo and Jed and and Jason and these guys uh, talk about how they think, what they do. Um, uh, with with the how the team relates to building a team and, and the minor leagues and maybe do learn about what scouts do and what they see and I want to just further my baseball knowledge and grow uh, in that area of the front office and see what all goes into that and uh, I'll probably do a little bit of TV stuff uh, hopefully uh, that stuff's in the works now and for the Cubs uh, maybe, uh, no, no 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 maybe maybe for one of the networks oh okay okay uh, great awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that might be pretty cool and doing some of that. So uh, my, my my first order of business as besides going to spring training is I'm going to be at the uh, the series, the Cubs Boston series at Fenway. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm already trying to put in my 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 monster seat request. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I would like to watch a game from the from the monster. Oh, nice! Uh, there you go. So, it's good, yeah, man. So, it's a good seat. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm excited about that and 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 coming up there for. For that series, I think Theo's having and, and Peter Gammons are having their hot stove event during that. So it'll be a good little uh, trip up there for me. I'm excited about. Well, man, I really appreciate it once again. And uh, and obviously, it's it's. Uh, I don't know how you walk it off better. I don't. I and I just don't. It's it's. You know, you've been told this a million different times, but you know, you've earned that 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 finish and. And um, it's nice to see things work out like they should, uh, like they did in that in that end game, it, it, all the way up until when you wore the cutoff T-shirt under your suit in the White House. <laughs> Thanks, Rob, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you this year, buddy. All right, David. I'll talk to you. Take care. New on CuriosityStream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. 
The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 